Welcome to episode 20. In this one, I'm actually going to answer some questions. So I put a post in my Facebook group the other day and it was finish this sentence. There's actually a few going through during the week. So it's finish this sentence. This question is, I find it hard too. And then I got a lot of really interesting statements to finish off that sentence. So I thought I'd share some of them with you and also my replies to them. I thought it'd be a really interesting um, share on the podcast today. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of Emotional Abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. So as I said, in my Facebook group, The Divorce Sanctuary, put a series of posts that are going out during the week. Sundays was, I find it really hard too, and it's a finish the sentence. So what would your finish the sentence be? What would your statement be? What I'm going to do is, obviously, these are going to be anonymous. I'll get, I might class them as ABC. So I'll read out the statement and then I will reply to each one. So for the first one, the statement is, I find it hard and it's to keep going each day. And how do you do that? You've gone through something that's so traumatic and you didn't know what was going on. It's usually coming out of these relationships that it's afterwards that you discover all these terms and you discover what's been going on. And then to get up every day. I just remember personally waking up in the morning thinking, oh God, I'm still here. I'm still alive. Finding that purpose to get up in the morning is really hard. Finding the purpose to keep going when your mind is ruminating, you're lost in rumination going over everything, especially when you come out initially of the relationships when there are so many questions. And this might be my answer to a lot of the statements as I read down the page, but three key things are to ground, to breathe, and to have honest conversations with yourself. So grounding is, I'll put some links actually in the notes to this. Grounding, maybe seeing the roots coming out of your feet and going into the center of the earth or down into the earth, and then seeing like a cord coming out the top of your head, and you could either go to the sun or the moon or the center of the universe, and grounding yourself, staying out of your head and in your body. Another one is breathing. The best one for this is box breathing. So you breathe in and count. So my favorite number is six. So I would breathe in for six. You hold your breath for the same number. um, So for six and you breathe out for six and you then hold for six. Box breathing is brilliant with the counting because you're using a different part of your brain to count. So not only are you breathing and calming down your nervous system, you're actually also stopping the thoughts and thinking about the counting and concentrating on the counting. It's a bit of mindfulness. So you're uh, transferring your thought from rumination or coming out of rumination into this counting process. And the other one is honest conversations. Now I've got a course called It Stops Here, It Stops Now, and it's based on what I needed to know, what I needed. Some of the techniques in there, do grounding, breathing, and teach you how to have honest conversations. What else is in there? There are so many different techniques that you might need not use straight away that you can pick up and put down and swap as you move forward through your healing.
healing process, but the honest conversations, these three things, breathing, grounding, and honest conversations, I stumbled across and realized as I was going through and working through these emotions that they work really well. And I found when I was really grounded in, in my body, I was responding better to emails as I was going through the divorce process at the, at the time. And I also found that the breathing was helping me. I added the box breathing in later, but just breathing and calming my body down. Where the turning point for me was, was having these honest conversations. And it was in a standing, who wanted to reach out or who was asking these questions or who was controlling my life. And through their dysfunction, they flip everything around. And what they actually do is they strip everything back. They strip all your emotions back and they take you and leave you in an infantile state. Roundabout, personally for me, it was three years old, but also three is probably the age where we start to remember, have a memory recall. It might be that you are younger. For me, it was about three years old. What's actually happening is you have got a child running your life. They're running your bank account. They're running everything. They're running your emotions. They're running your physical, emotional, mental spheres, bodies, and your spirituality. So everything is run by a very small child. And you wouldn't really send them out to do a full-time job. I know years ago they were sent up chimneys to clean, but you know, if you think about it now, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't send a young child off to look after an adult's life. So this is why it's so important to have these conversations because what you can do and you can use this process in doing is reparenting. It's about talking to yourself, your inner child, and seeing who wants to reach out and contact the abuser. You know that it's abuse, but it's the programming that took place. And this is about undoing all that programming and resetting. And possibly if you've experienced any form of abuse as a child, you can, you know, emotional abuse as a child or any form of abuse, you can do some reparenting. And that's what I do with my sessions. We talk to the child and work with that process and give them what they needed and what they needed to hear and who, what they needed to be told and what support they needed. So we're able to, to put all that in place. It's really powerful stuff. So how do you keep going every day? By doing these three simple techniques, it makes it easier. Day by day, it makes it easier. And you can use the rumination as a landmark. That's more or less how I discovered this was working for me. I realized when I was grounded, I could come out of rumination within minutes rather than hours, days, or weeks. Because initially, I could be in rumination for about a week. And then I realized they were getting shorter and shorter, and it was the grounding and the breathing. The key, the last bit of the puzzle for me personally was the honest conversations. Who is it? What do I want? Who is wanting attention? What is it that I really, really want? It is hard to keep going every day. If you build in some routines which are crucial and build into your routines the grounding and the breathing and it will really help you change the chemistry within your body. Oh my gosh, there are so many good questions. Okay, so the next one is, I find it hard to stop responding. It is really, really hard because you've been trained to do that. You've been trained 
to respond to their needs. Again, this is a, a, my answer is very similar in do your grounding, do your breathing exercises and stay focused in your body. I was working with somebody this morning and they were saying that they'd responded or they'd been asked to do something by their ex and initially they said yes and then realized that that wasn't the right response and made contact and said, actually don't want to be involved in this and was saying but I shouldn't have said yes and I I was trying to explain you know this is baby steps this is you've actually made contact and said I'm not getting involved they draw you in and you're used to being drawn in so by again by focusing and being grounded in your body and breathing and understanding why you need them in your life is really really helpful in a standing, this is all about power and control. The reason that you're in their life is because they need a backup, they need a, a backup plan, they need to know that they've still got power and control over you. And these, this is what these relationships are all about. They've got you to hand over the power and control, they've taken over your life, they then move on, or possibly you've said, I've had enough, but they're always reaching out, always checking in on you, just to check whether you're still there, and to check what power and control they have over you. And this is basically what it comes down to. So when you divorce emotionally, they have they lose that power. You are no longer interested in their drama, in their lives, in their victim stories. And this is what was the conversation I had this morning when this person was telling me what happened and then telling me the reaction and how quickly they were off the phone. Very probably looking for someone else to spread their drama story too, because they're the victim always. So this morning we were celebrating the muscle building that's been taking place as this person claims back their power and their sovereignty. Okay, let's just look, I'll skip a few more. There's some about children and, hang on, communicating with children without talking about the emotional abuse that goes on. And these are adult children who's hiding assets. It's really difficult, this one, because we don't want to get the children involved because that's not fair. Okay, let's just cut it down to communicate with children without bringing up issues caused by. Again, this is all down to emotionally divorcing because when you emotionally divorce, you don't actually care about what's happening in their life. Because of the trauma that happens in these types of relationships, you get all consumed. You've been programmed to believe that you're the only person that's ever understood them, that you're soulmates, that you're meant to be together. So it's hard sometimes to break away from that scenario. Best thing that's ever happened to them, the only one that's ever understood them, and then they walk away. How does that work? Your brain goes into overload and this cognitive dissonance steps in and it's like a child with a shape sorter and putting the, trying to get the shapes into the wrong holes. And this is what happens in our brains. We've got this information which might be a square shape and we're trying to get it into a circle or a triangle. And it's because of the information doesn't add up. The manipulation that took place convinces you that you're the only person that's ever 
understood them, but they're also manipulating you. They're telling you they love you, but they're also abusing you. And your brain has been tricked each time that you might have said, well, hang on a minute, this doesn't add up, or you might have seen a red flag, and you were gaslit, you were maybe told it was your fault if they did something wrong. If you hadn't have done this, they wouldn't have had to do that. They use so many different techniques like word salad and circular conversations, and they exhaust you and weigh you down to the point where you don't know what's up and down, left or right, or it's just easier not to argue because you're so confused and you don't know how to respond. And this is all done so purposefully because it, it, it is to bring you under control. It is to take the power of over your life. When somebody steps in as caretaker or caregiver, you turn to them because you see them as a person you can trust. But how does that work when the person that you trust is actually abusing you? And these relationships have usually come from, you've experienced something very similar in your childhood. If you hadn't, you would have seen this as abuse. These relationships are familiar. So it might be that you had a controlling parent or there was a, you were in a controlling environment. To keep the lines of communication open with children, find a safe community to talk in, that you can discuss this information, that you can share the pain that you're going through and keep the relationship with your children completely separate and away from any abuse that took place or accusations. Because it's so difficult. It, it depends which side of the fence they sit on, particularly if they've taken the side of the abuser. Again, you, children are raised in this environment, very similar. If you, you've you ended up in this relationship, you see this as normal behaviour. I remember being quite shocked when somebody said that to me. I can't believe you don't see this as abuse. And um, it was a bit of a wake up, but I started to look. And then I realised you know, people don't see this abuse because it is familiar. The relationship that you want to foster now with your children is going to be completely different. So it's about being really thoughtful about what you want and creating a really safe space and setting really firm boundaries because they might be in a position that they behave in the same way or say things to you in a very similar way that you've been spoken to and it might trigger you. So it's about create, setting boundaries and creating a safe environment. Don't use them to spy, even though they might be doing it to you, but don't reciprocate. Don't use them to, you know, find out what your ex is doing, who they're dating, you know, what's going on in their life, how much money they've got, whatever it is, don't do that. Go inward and heal your wounds and divorce emotionally from the abuser and create a safe container. And if something comes up that is about their other parent, and it's, as I said, it's really hard, particularly if they've sided with that parent. My take on this, when you've got the fly monkeys and children that side they have been conditioned in a very very similar way to the way that you were conditioned everyone has a level of supply that they are giving to the abuser and some are really powerful and really strong forms of supply so that might be their romantic partners you know the very close relationships and then as they go out children are usually really low on the on the spectrum of, of supply and I don't think it really matters what age they are they're usually not particularly good forms of supply it's as if they've been put in that box that isn't particularly great they might be fighting 
fighting to keep their place because they live in fear of losing something because they've been trained that the abuser is special and they and the power and the control that the abuser has over them is in in a similar way it's the same as they had over you so again there's it's a, a similar dynamic with this um with this power and control and this fear of of leaving or losing them and you might be able to think back to scenarios where you've been triangulated or you've been in the cycle of abuse, the idealization, devaluation, discard. They do it to every relationship or they threaten that discard and people get more and more fixated on their relationship and staying within that inner circle. I talk about chessboards a lot because they actually describe the different layers that the abuser has. So you've got the king and queen, which will be the primary form of supply, where whether they're male or female abusers, they will always be the king, the highest role. And the next person down, whether it's male or female, will always be the queen. And then you've got bishops and you've got knights and you've got pawns and you've got uh, castles and I can't think what the other ones are. They've got different values. They can all do different things. They can go in different areas. They can move in different directions. So they have different roles within the abuser's life, but they won't be as important as the queen. Um, as again, the queen can be a male or female role. It doesn't matter who's in there. The pawns or the other chess pieces are all trying to stay on that board. They don't want to be knocked off. They don't want to be knocked out of the game. They try their hardest to stay in the position and the role that they've been given. So with children, adult or young children, create a safe container. Never discuss what's going on in front of them or talk about their parent in front of them if you can. I just know it's really difficult and they listen into conversations and they overhear conversations, but it's about creating a safe environment where there is no talk about them and they are free to discuss anything with you should they want to because if you can leave that door open when they get through to that discard stage and have experienced this with people you know that they never ever this was ever going to happen and the child then comes round and sees it from a different point of view and isn't protecting the abuser actually sees what they've been doing as manipulation it's a really hard place to be to watch your child side with someone who's abused you for a very long time and protect them and look out for them. It's very hard. It can happen that they do come round and um, they see the abuse that was taking place. So it's about keeping neutral, keeping a safe area and not talking about the abuser. Divorcing emotionally means that you won't do that anyway because they mean nothing. You're not really interested in what's going on and you'd rather not talk about them because actually your life becomes drama free then. Okay, last one. There are so many on here. Um, I find it hard to stop thinking about him. Okay, so this is, again, this is about grounding, this is about breathing, but this is about having really honest conversations with yourself, not just yourself, but with your inner child, because the there is this manipulation that's happened, there is this programming that's happened, but the programming also happened in childhood. That's why you don't see abuse as abusive or as abusive as other people outside who had relatively healthy relationship growing up. This crucial part is about having honest conversations with yourself, and this is really crucial because this is more about the self worth self-esteem that's been stolen from you this is about 
about how you feel about yourself. There'll be wounds of injustice. Uh, We have three core wounds. We have fear of abandonment, betrayal and shame and those are our three core wounds so we have other wounds that will sprout off those like a tree a branch of a tree um, has branches coming off there'll be other woundsing or other emotions that take place from there but those are our three core wounds fear of abandonment a betrayal and shame and in these relationships it's very very likely that you've experienced everything there is an abandonment it doesn't just have to be an abandonment from the abuser this abandonment can be from what you've abandoned yourself and you possibly saw the red flags and you did nothing about it or you believed their excuses there can be shame around it it could be sorry it could be abandonment of the friends and family that were supporting you or encouraging you to leave there can be shame about what you've done there are so many different elements to these relationships they manipulate and coerce there's a lot of coercion that goes on in this in these relationships you believe that there's something wrong with you if you don't do something or behave in a certain way wear something it can be around sex there is so much coercion financial coercion and so there can be shame around that there can be betrayal you've been betrayed but you might have betrayed yourself you might have betrayed other people in your life as well and so these emotions are going on and this is sometimes why it is so very hard to let go and stop thinking about them because it feels so much safer to be in that relationship than it does to be out of that relationship. This is about being really honest about these emotions, having these really honest conversations. You don't have to have that conversation with anybody else but yourself. And that is a powerful conversation on its own. Taking responsibility and talking to yourself and asking where this emotion comes from. Why are you constantly thinking? It might be that they have moved on and they're with somebody else and you are feeling not good enough. And then looking at that relationship in a capsule and doing some of the things that I said earlier on in the podcast, like I think I did, uh, writing out your story. I can't remember now whether I've mentioned this one, but you can write out your story and that will help remind you of the abuse. Look for the patterns. You will be, you should be able to see the idealization, devaluation and discard in this relationship. And it might go idealization, devaluation, idealization, devaluation. You might see triangulation. You might see the gaslighting that went on. So by writing it out and staying in your body, you're able to identify it as abusive. This is about working on your self-esteem. This is about having these honest conversations. I promise you that some of these emotions are actually from childhood. And you thought that this person has, who's walked into your life and you've had a relationship with was coming in. They've shown you a completely different side. They might have acknowledged you or seen you in a way that nobody else has seen you before. And then they go and do what everyone else has done and abandon you or they betray you or they create shame in your life. And those three, it might there might be other ones that come off it, but they will come off those three. Because um, you've got to remember, there's guilt as well. And guilt and shame are like twins. So there's all of these emotions going on. And the, by having these really honest conversations, so when you're thinking about this abuser, what are you thinking? Are you wanting them, them to come and rescue you? Have they rescued you before? You've also got to remember that when you go around this cycle of abuse, one, you're being trauma bonded, but you're also being t- 
told that you get to this point of of discard and then they whiz you back around to idealization and they show you take you through that those stages again now the idealization changes the difference of time between each stage changes and that's deliberate so that you don't understand or understand what's going on it's this intermittent reinforcement that happens and it the goalposts are changed so you did something before and you got rewarded you do that again and you don't get rewarded it's a bit longer or you have to do something more for that reward for that release of oxytocin that bonding hormone it's important to remember you might have got stuck like a record gets stuck in a groove and you're waiting for them to come back they've always come back and this time they haven't. So this is the final discard. So this is about getting the needle out of the groove and retraining yourself. They're not coming back this time. If they do, it's about power. So come into your body, breathe, ground, and these honest conversations with yourself. Who needs the attention? Why do you need attention? I said, these conversations are between you and you, nobody else. That's all you need to have is an honest conversation. And it starts to sever the ties of the trauma bond because you start to let go you start to empower yourself and you're building up your self-esteem because you're being really honest with yourself honesty is going to help you so much on your healing journey there are so many amazing responses to this post so let me have a quick scan through. I'll just leave you with some without answering. Stop thinking about him. I find it hard to trust or love anyone after being in a relationship with an abusive partner. To see my children upset by the actions of their parent. I find it hard to be lonely, to move forward, to take the next steps to adjust and find center, to stop the internal conversations. I'm just going to do this one because again, this is more questions and answers coming out of these relationships. Again, this is about coming out of your head. Your head has been taught, your brain has been taught a pattern. It's been taught an internal dialogue. It's been told that things you thought were true, weren't true. The things that you thought weren't true, were true. It's, it's been confused and you don't know what's going on. Coming out of these relationships, you have more questions than you have answers. And those questions are, if only a maybe, and you go back over and you might replay scenarios. They might come back, these flashbacks of what happened. And you might think, oh my gosh, if only I I'd said this maybe if I'd done or it might be maybe if I hadn't said this maybe if I hadn't done this you were always going to be at this place you're always going to be there whether it's three months time three years time you're always going to be in this place of discard and you can change it in your head and try and rejig it so that they're there and if you say something or you reach out and say I promise what you're doing is you're you're breaking down your boundaries. Emotional abusers love a boundary. To them, it's an invitation to have more power and control. And I promise you, coming out of these relationships, you will want to give them anything because, as I said in with the last statement, you feel so much safer in the relationship. But it's absolutely true. It feels so much safer in that environment because you understand it on some level. Out of this relationship, you've been told you can't live on your own, you're worthless, your self-esteem has been stripped back. And as I said right at the beginning, during the relationship, you have been taken back and put in an infantile state. So this is now about being in your body and about coming out of your head and 
stopping those conversations in their tracks by using the box breathing is a brilliant one for doing this so you're breathing in and counting you're holding your breath and counting breathing out and counting and holding and counting and just repeating 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 you're calming down the nervous system you're calming down you're breathing you're changing the chemicals within your body but the counting is a different part of your brain and you need to access a different part of your brain to count now there are situations where it might not work particularly if you've experienced a lot of trauma in time childhood and you you disassociate but it should in general terms help you with that it's really really powerful and really positive but ground breathe honest conversations and that is my recipe for coming out of these relationships on a very basic term those three ingredients I can't try to think of a recipe that would need three ingredients would it be something like an omelette or something I it's not that I eat eggs but I'm trying to think of something that has three ingredients Anyway, these are the three elements to the very start of your healing journey. If you want to go further, you can. Pulling out these wounds and healing these wounds, to me, is the way forward. It's, it's the work that I do, and I've been doing it for a very long time. The original wound work is where it all stems from, how you got in this relationship and thought it was normal, and it's working along those lines and removing the trauma and removing the belief system or and changing it and helping you reparent yourself. There's so many elements to it. Really, really powerful. But getting yourself out of this, this uh, rumination and getting yourself back to where you can start living a tiny bit of a normal life that will then make you or help you take a bigger step to living a normal life. I never thought I was going to wake up and not think about what was going on it was just a continual I was on a continual loop I was stuck it was like a tape that was just going round and round and round and round and uh, and then one day I realized that the first thing I thought about when I woke up was not what was going on in my life with regards to my relationship and and everything that had happened and then I realized a while later that I hadn't thought about him for x amount of time and it was a you know nearly a week or something and those are landmarks those are landmarks that you can go back and go oh my gosh I must be moving forward because this happened and I'm not in I'm not ruminating for a week on end I'm only ruminating for an hour or three minutes and I catch myself and I've stopped and those are the bits that you can see the progress that you're making it's so crucial I hope you found this useful. There are so many, there are 30 something and I've got uh, a couple more days to catch up on, on with different types of questions. But I hope it's been helpful and a different insight. And it's the balance of, as I said, with I love with my podcast is that I give you something that you can go away with. And with every element of this, every statement of, you know, finish the sentence, if I find it hard too, I've hopefully given you some tools if you find it hard too and you've got a similar statement. I can send you loads and loads of love until next time.